All right, we are back. Episode three. This is a special one because we have Ross DeBoss joining me as a co-host from here on out every single Friday morning. We have a good episode for you guys. Don't forget, we're recording these on video, so if you want to go on YouTube, Rumble, we're on there for video. This is the Speak Truth Without Fear podcast. We are back, and today is is special. Today is so special, and the reason why is because we got Ross the Boss in the house. <laughs> but he's not just a guest this time. You know, he's just not a guest like we've had in the first two episodes. The reason why this is special is because we this is our first podcast together and we are going to be doing every the every podcast on Fridays that come out this is me and Ross Ross is going to be co-hosting this with me Ross if you guys have not seen Ross's videos for number one you need to follow him on Instagram and TikTok which is Ross and then duh d-u-h and then boss Ross the boss and then underscore so you want to follow him on Instagram follow him on TikTok I guarantee a lot of you guys have already seen his videos um, he's a really good friend of mine, and we have been uh, friends since 2007. And so we have a history, which we'll talk a little bit about today. But Ross, I'm so pumped. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Yeah, buddy. We're, f- we're finally doing it, baby. Yeah, I think it was, what, six months ago, probably, where we were like, no, maybe more than November. Six yeah, it, it was- might have been November. We were like, we need to do a podcast. And it was like neither one of us could figure out how in the world we were going to come up with time for that. We were both, you know, spinning, spinning 13 other irons in the fire and whatever. And then just January 6th kind of pushed us both over the edge to be like, we have to do this. Well, I mean, and, and me and you, I mean, well, a lot of people don't know from our friendship back from 2007, one, we were in the same band together. We went to the same Christian music school in 2008. Did you get there in 2008? Yeah, I got there in 2008. Okay, I got there in 2007. So I mentioned 2008. And then we were in the same uh, class. We were in the same band. Ross is a badass drummer. Um, Jordan is a badass uh, keyboard player. (laughs) Um, And yes, we've been been playing. We played music together for a couple years. And then obviously uh, we got separated. (laughs) Yeah, that that kind of put us married. Yeah, I got, yeah, I went and had some fun. Went and had some fun, did some ministry, um, did some sales stuff for the last seven years, doing insurance and stuff like that. And then um, that kind of, I really feel like my entire life, I, I tell this to Jordan all the time for everybody who's listening, but I really feel like my entire upbringing and then my time spent in Kansas City uh, sharpened me to the point where I could see people trying to manipulate you a long way out. And I learned a lot about the human heart and psychology and behavior. And when people have wounds and things like that and how those wounds emotionally manifest and into the regular world and, and then got into sales and learned how to basically work with psychology more uh, to be a positive force on earth and then started seeing a lot of the unhealthy manipulation tactics from the swamp, if you will, which is basically 
uh, big tech, big corporations and big government all working together to undermine the liberty of the citizens of the United States. And uh, obviously, it's not just the United States thing that's occurring. This is a global effort. And uh, and I feel like the Lord has fashioned me to be a spear in this season, uh, probably for the next 10 to 15 years to really. uh, No, I'm I'm grateful. uh, Yeah, man, just to shout the truth. I'm I'm so grateful for those years because, I mean. Me and Ross, we went to a Christian school, and, you know, in those years, we were, I mean, we were all in it, and it kind of gave us the foundation to where we are today, where, you know, life moved on, but we didn't lose those values, and it's probably a big part of why we're, we, we are uh, so focused on what's happening in the country today. Um, sure. And I didn't even know Ross was, I mean, I didn't even know you were, whether you were conservatives, because back then, especially in 2008, I didn't care about politics. I didn't care about politics five years ago. Um, right. let, al- let alone, I didn't care to get really involved until th- three or four months ago, um, you know, in a, in a serious way, or we didn't at least, uh, start until three months ago. And so, right. but, you know, starting in 2016, you know, I, back after we saw, we, we had Bush, what a disappointment. We had Obama uh, disappointments. Plus we had McCain and Romney as the, the, you know, nominees for the Republican party. I was just like, dude, I'm like, screw politics. They are both playing the game. It's just a game in chess. Our votes don't matter. I don't care. We're screwed. Um, I'll never vote for a for any of these elite clowns because we already know that they're they're you know they're having drinks behind closed doors and partying it up as they're raking in money. I mean, how are the, you know? And that was the big things. Like, how are these guys millionaires and and so damn rich? When their salaries are like what 150k a year, I don't know what the exact right. number is. Yeah, uh, what's what's special? How are these people making this much money? Are they just really good with managing their wealth? How do all these jokers end up on top whenever there's a big move that happens? Why did they invest, you know, 2.7 million dollars two days before a big thing happened? You know, there's so much of it, and it's hard to keep up with all of it, to be honest. And that's the, I think that's the biggest problem is that there is such a large amount of information about right. every corner of what's occurring just even only in the United States that regular people cannot keep up with this yep. and actually live their normal life too. So that's kind of why me and you both have been like, all right, look, if you can't go dig and figure out what's going on, I'm going to go watch what goes on and then try to report it the truth back to you so that you can bite size digest it and have the right opinion about it that seems to be a moral one where I'm not just taking one side. Exactly. Well, let's, and let's back up a little bit because, you know, we had November. I mean, me and Ross, I've seen, I mean, we've known each other for a while. We've seen, I've, I started seeing your Facebook post because um, this is back when, I mean, at this time you had two to 300 Instagram followers. You were barely on Instagram. I had like 4,000. It was just specifically with music. Um, and, you know, that's when we started commenting on each other's posts. We started having a couple phone calls like, bro, what's going on? Or specifically when Trump came on the scene, that was like, okay, the Trump announce, makes his announcement, business guy, not, you know, completely, he's not from the swamp. We're all in. We're seeing each other's posts. And then November 3rd happened. And that's where me and you started talking a lot. Um, that, I mean, we probably talked every single day from November 3rd all the way to January 6th about yeah, everything that's I'm, going on. I think for me, January 6th 
was my last chance because I I never gone I've never gone to any Trump rallies I've never been to any conservative rallies I never went to CPAC nothing. Yeah, because we both were there on January sixth. Yeah, we were both there on January sixth. So January sixth, the only reason I went there was because I said to myself, I I took a seat as the eighty five year old version of Ross, and I said, if there was election fraud which we can't know because everybody kept shutting down the damn investigations about it. If there was election fraud, which I highly suspected at the time, I wanted to be a person who went to the Capitol on January 6th and said, I demand that you pay attention to what 70 million people are saying and and at least do a damn investigation. And send it back to legislators. Yeah, I felt like it would be dishonest if I didn't try. Yeah, And uh, so that's why I went on January 6th and then to watch what we watched with the different little um, Antifa people that were there dressed up as, you know, freaking patriots, you know, had to have the, you know, you could tell these guys so easily too. you know, it was like they had like LGBTQ bracelets and tattoos (laughs) all over their hands and nothing wrong with that. If you're gay, be gay. I don't care. But to like Trump's something about the culture of conservatives and Trump supporters is that sexuality is not our identity. Exactly. You know, like, and so like for them to have been branding it that bad. And then those same people were screaming, burn it down, burn it down. Hank, and, we're going to hang pants. Yeah. We're like, going to hang. I, I literally, <laughs> it's like, you guys I'll, are yeah, idiots. I'll, I'll never forget. And I didn't realize I mean, we can talk about that for a little bit. I mean, DC we're in DC. Me and Ross were there together and Trump finishes his Trump finishes his speech, and <clears throat> we we're off. We start walking towards the Capitol, and you know now we know that at eleven, at 11 o'clock in the morning, there was uh, within the organization Insurgents USA, which is a you know run by a BLM activist John Sullivan. Um, he had a, a ad out saying, "Hey, meet at meet at the Washington Monument, 11 a.m." We are going to kick out the fascists out of DC on January sixth, um, and right. he had a whole he had a whole crew there. And there was, you know, from what from a lot of people that I've talked to, and a lot of reports that have come out, there was about twelve to fifteen hundred people at the Capitol, like at eleven thirty in the morning, eleven in the morning, already, do, you know, doing like pretty much getting everything riled up. And so we're walking halfway there, and I mean, you're hearing the smoke bombs go off. You're hearing all the cra- craziness happening. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then obviously we get there and there's, it was just, it was a weird day. Um, yeah, they and, had that guillotine or not the guillotine, the noose. They had the, yeah, the gallow, yep. you know, cause so for everybody who's wondering, listen, I was so bored by the speech and so was probably 2000 people around me. It was a boring that, speech that we didn't even like. We didn't even care to stick around and hear it. So we literally just started walking over to the Capitol before the speech was even over. And so I got to the Capitol way before everybody else did. And before I even got there, there was the gallow in the middle of the field, unattended, completely alone. And it just seemed like somebody staged it for a photo op. I don't know, though. It could have been a patriot that put it there. But either, but it would have been weird if they did. But either way... That's how inciting Trump's speech was. It was so inciting that I left because I was bored and, <laughs> and slowly looking for a bathroom, walked over to the Capitol along with like a thousand other people. Yeah, no, six was crazy. And just uh, disclose, none of us went inside. We didn't do anything violent. Like no, we literally yeah. were on the outskirts. Nothing but, you illegal. Know, I, you know, I just start, we started recording everything and 
you know, well, that's, that's what kind of launched your Instagram, right? That is what you took all those videos. I saw you taking the whole time yep. and, you know, watching all those idiots break windows and then all the Trump supporters around them tell them to stop. And then when they pulled the police officer out of the building and he was getting crowd surfed down, all the Patriots in the entire freaking back area were like, stop, we don't do this. Let him go back. The dude got to walk back up to where he was pulled from because they kept pushing all the Patriots and spraying him a mace. And uh, yeah, it was interesting to see, <laughs> to see uh, how, how that played out. Oh yeah, that's that's what. Say, and then for them to say that, like, for them to blow the thing up so much and say, "God, this was an insurrection attempt with no firearms, <laughs> with no taking of hostages, with no real weapons, with like for them to act like this was actually an attempt on like to try and like what would they have done? Gotten inside." And then been like, y'all aren't allowed to do this vote until we say. And then what? 72 hours later, they're like, well, we're just going to do it on Zoom, though. Know, and then right? it's like, well, damn it. We, I guess I guess it didn't matter that we got in this building. It's like, yeah, that's right. They can. So, like, I don't know what everybody keeps there was trying to There's grandmas in there. There's, like, gra- <laughs> Yeah, well, the cops let them in. Me and you both watched. I yep. physically watched with these eyeballs that are speaking four inches above the mouth that you're hearing talk right now. I watched these jokers. Open the entire gates to like yep. the, like the actual whatever those the divider the big steel rails. I watched them move them so that people could walk straight into the proximity of the Capitol. These guys were letting people in left and right, man. And those vid and those videos. Uh, there was a couple new videos this week that just um, came out or are starting to come out. And it's, I saw it's, that. And you see the police, and they're they're moving the rails, and you see one police policeman, literally one of the capital waving police, people, yeah, waving, waving people, people in. in. And, and then when they get inside, the guy, remember the QAnon guy with the horns and all that stuff yep. that everybody was like, "Look, he's, he's shitting all over democracy," <laughs> and he's literally like the cop is talking to him and one other guy, and the cops going. All right, now we are going to let you guys in here. So as you're in here, just remember to, you know, do what you're allowed to do. So he's like literally saying, come on in and do the thing. And then everybody's acting like they just stormed it entirely. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, okay, yes, there was some rambunctious uh, conservatives there, it seemed like. Okay, that we give you that. All right. But, n- like, w- the best question to ask is compared to what? Like, what would you like me to compare the riot to? And I please, God, somebody say, what was it like compared to like a BLM riot? Oh, I'd love to answer that question. Um, let's go one by one. They didn't burn anything down. Uh, let's start with but, that. But wait, but AOC said that they, that they were coming into her, coming into the complex and they were banging on the door and saying, where is she? Which turned out to be a lie, right? Yes, it was a complete yeah, lie. Yeah, complete lie. Just it, like she said she was hiding. She said she was hiding in the closet, and there was when not one Trump supporter even got near there. It was oh, that's compl- right. She was like, I remember them shouting, "Where is she?" Yeah. And then all the headlines were like, "That'll run real good." And so they all published that. And then six paragraphs down in the article, it goes, "Turns out it was a police officer making sure she was safe." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Those cops she shit on for the last three years, making sure she's okay. <laughs> you can't plan this shit better than when these you really idiots. You like really- it, all you have to do is just play a game of let me show you what you said to Literally. any politician out there, and they just turn into 
ashes. Yeah. These people are such losers. And I say this all the time because it's like because they have a platform and because they have a podium and they get to speak and they get to tweet, everybody kind of just forgets that, like, you know that sniff test you give people before you invite them to your birthday party or to come watch a show at your house. Like You're the like, way Joe Biden you... sniffs little children? No, not the way <laughs> Joe Biden sniffs children. That's deep sniff i'm talking about i'm talking sniff. about like the vibe check where you're like is this person like the big okay so here's the deal jordan the reason me and you are friends is because you're authentic you mean what you say and i can trust that you are being honest with me and vulnerable with me and, and you're a trustworthy candidate for me to invest conversation and truth with right that's right. like the sniff test you do for all your friends about whether or not you even want to chat with them in the future are right. they fake is the biggest question you ask look these politicians and these Twitter liberal elites yeah. are, do not pass if you met them at a movie theater and were like, would I hang out with John again? 90% of the time, your answer would be, no, he's a yeah. loser. Literally. If they didn't have clout, you would be like, actually, they were fake and, and like said one thing to me and then said the complete op. Like, let me give you an example. Hey, do you like popcorn? Oh, not really. Oh, really? You don't? I love popcorn. Oh, did I say no? I meant yes. I love popcorn too. Like, <laughs> don't be these that are guy. The people. Yeah. That's who you're talking to. That's who we're looking up to in our freaking political age. We got to get back to, to regular people. And it was those type of people as well on the right, which is what gave Trump the platform and the the doorway to do what he did in 2016. I mean, you have you have Donald Trump that's never been in politics ever. He didn't even want to get in politics. And he just literally took over the party without raising any money from from uh from super PACs and lobbyists yeah. and he took over the part destroyed jeb bush he, he destroyed a bush where to the are the point. where are the weapons of mass destruction <laughs> jeb where are the where are the missiles jeb i mean think about it you have your brother sent us to war for 15 damn years for $38 trillion, Jeb, and there was no weapons of mass destruction. Care to explain that one on your shitty-ass resume, buddy? What did he call Jeb? Sleepy Jeb? or sl He called a... I mean, and I love the nicknames he had there, Little Mark. Oh, of course. Look, the, like you're saying, the reason everybody loved Trump is because it was the first time where somebody walked into the room and was like... Authentic. That's yeah, that's a shitty-ass color on the wall. Who decided on that paint? And everybody right. was like... <gasps> You're not allowed to say that. And it's just like the hell he's not. Americans want that. Thank you. Yeah, also, why is why is the why is America fronting 96% of the bill for every other country in NATO? This is stupid math. And everybody goes, huh. And then you find out, oh, Obama and them just manufactured all that so that they could get good deals for their families and stuff and sell out the American taxpayer. That's what's been happening, folks. I didn't mean to get this riled up at 1 p.m. No, it's it's good. Um, it's, you had the traditional conservative Republicans that were, and I love what you're just saying that, you know, the reason why we love having conversations together is because we can have an authentic, real conversation and the same politicians like AOC and, um, I mean, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton, everyone on the left, you could say the exact same thing on the right, which is why Trump had such an easy way to take over the entire Republican party where you ha he has a 96% support on the right right now yeah because they're all losers he, exactly they are like they you know how long all... a conversation between me and mitt romney would last about 42 <laughs> seconds probably i have i have such little interest in anything that man has to say i have such little interest in anything john mccain had to say 
I have such little interest in anything George Bush has to say, or his brother, or his cousin, or his daughter who loves the, or his granddaughter who loves the damn Clintons. You know, I just like the American people. Like, here's the deal: in the in the colonial age, during the time when everything was founded, people were so connected to politics because they all were starting tobacco farms and all that. So, like, to, to sum it all up, like. The reason that Britain was able to flourish faster than Spain and France was because of the strength of their navy, number one. But then number two, it's because the citizens, the col- coloni- col- colonists that were coming to the to the new world were not overly encumbered by having to give all of this money back to France or Spain. Britain was like, don't you don't have to do that much. We're going to figure it out later. So they had this idea of freedom financially so that they could actually, you know, succeed. So that was one big thing. But because of that, when they started getting really lazy after John Smith was like, you guys are getting militarized because this colony's failing. He slapped everybody in shape, had made, made everybody. If you don't work, you don't eat. He pulled the scripture from Paul from, uh, from the, yep. from the new Testament. And so everybody had to grind to work. But then as soon as they realized that the storehouses had enough food that they wouldn't starve. Everybody got lazy because they knew that the, like the system would take care of them. So what happened? Then they brought in individual property and individual rights. Those two ideas fueled the growth that led Britain and British colonies to do better and further than every and everybody else. So that's what they started doing. They started going, they started traveling further inland from the water and building these giant, uh, plantations and building these giant growing crops, growing tobacco was a big one. And so they started doing all this and they had to be involved with the politics because if you created a new dumb law, it directly impacted the 7,000 only yeah. people that were doing farms. And so you were like, no, we're not going to pay this stupid tax to do. So it was manageable. The information that you were getting from the government was a manageable amount that you could actually understand and tolerate and actually make a decision about. Nowadays, what is there? 72,000 committees about every individual inch of what government does. And so, of course, the citizens are overwhelmed when they go try to figure out why is $10 million going to Pakistan for gender studies when don't we have hobos in LA right now? Like you see what I'm saying? So anyway, like the average people can't keep up with it all. So our job is to point out the big stuff from now on and be like, this is stupid. This well, is and stupid. what's, and, and what's happening, yeah. what's happening as a result of that is that now politicians are being held accountable on the local and the federal level. And the reason why we got to the place that we were or, or we are today is because we did not do that. And we have been talking about this for the last couple of weeks um, but I mean, speaking of the swamp, I mean, t- today or last night, we had 35 Republicans in the U.S. House vote inside with Nancy Pelosi, the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> um, the Wicked Witch of the Left. The, the Wicked Witch of the West, inside to start a January 6th commission, which we already know. What that is going to result to, and Trump supporters will be targeted, which we've already, which we've already seen that. I mean, I've seen that in my personal self. I haven't even said this much. I've said it only once or twice on Instagram Live. But I mean, I had, I did not do anything on January sixth. But just because we were there, we had, I mean, I had two FBI agents showing up at my house in the middle of the afternoon, um, and it was, you know, and they were great. They didn't do it, you know. But I, again, it's just the fact that. 
we know where this goes, and they, this is going to be just a uh, – they're just going to try to go back to January 6th, say it was an insurrection, paint Trump supporters as the racist and crazy – and I mean everything that they've been saying for the last you know four years because they're scared to death of freedom and losing their elite positions, um, and that's why you have 35. And that's why I'm not even talking about Democrats right now. We're talking about Republicans. We have 35 Republicans that yeah, voted and for, with. And for uh, everybody that's wondering, what are they investigating? Well, let me break it down for you. Number one. There was no murders at all on January 6th. Everybody said five people died in connection with blah, 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 blah. That's a wonderful way to bullshit people into thinking that the rioters killed five people. But right. when you look underneath the rug, guess what you find? The dude, Brian Sicknick, that was the only officer that everybody said that patriots killed or rioters killed or whatever, died from completely unrelated things. Even his family corroborates that. So, listen. Nobody died except for the one protester got shot in the neck, had nothing. So what are they going to investigate? By, by the Capitol Police, who was a BLM activist. <laughs> so that's is... what I'm saying. Like, so that's so everybody like they're forming something to investigate something. But the end result won't even be a murder charge. Yeah, it, it will. It, what, so what are they investigating? Who broke a window? Take some of the money out of your BLM purse, bitches. And throw a new window on the Capitol. You'll right. be all right. If you want to investigate it, I'm all for that. Do it. Whoever broke a window should be in trouble. I don't even care. And neither does any real patriot. The problem is this. You dipshits. Like, not you listeners are the dipshits, but the dipshits are the people who are making these fiscal decisions. Like, America is really struggling right now. But, like, Kamala Harris hasn't even been to the border. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden hasn't even been to the border, which is an actual crisis. And here you are voting about whether we should waste time and money on an investigation about what happened on January 6th. Theater, I'm fine bro. with it. Do that. You, you can have your investigation if you will walk your ass down to the border and meet me there and go, yeah, this isn't a problem when they're throwing six-month-year-old babies out the freaking boat into the water so the Border Patrol agents have to go get the baby and you can get into scot-free into the country. This isn't a problem. And then Joe Biden starts building the damn wall again in the Rio de Grande or whatever. It's like, dude, you can – there's so and much you already hypocrisy. know what this is going to be because in the perfect example is John Sullivan. John Sullivan went inside. On his video, he literally – Breaks the the win- when he went inside the Capitol, he breaks the window. He's encouraging and inciting violence the entire time on camera and audio. Yep. Then, then the police or the FBI show up at his hotel, take him in, and then release him the next day. And then what happens? He gets $40,000 from CNN. He gets $40,000 from ABC for his videos and then is praised by the media as a victim. Yeah, and so insane. It's, I mean, it makes literally no sense and that's why again 35 republicans i posted about this on my instagram today you guys go to my instagram if you go to my instagram you'll see a picture of all 35 of them i tagged every single one the handle is in there you don't even have to find it in the search you click their name let them know what you think because it is time that we have to start keeping our representatives they have to hear our voice they can't feel like they can just make, you know, 
vote the complete opposite way of how the people want them to vote and not feel the reper- uh, Rep- say the Rep- word? Re- repercussions. <laughs> repercussions. Thank you. It's the look here. Here's the deal. Antifa and all these idiots started back in when they wouldn't let Ben Shapiro go to Berkeley, go to uh, Berkeley. Berkeley. They, he had to pay and Milo. Remember Milo? What, what was it? $640,000 or something he had to pay in order to be able to have security. Like they had, I think they were trying to make him come up with that fee. Do you remember when Milo went to Berkeley and they literally, because Antifa was threatening, burned the town down. They yeah, like, I remember they were, yeah. they were breaking windows and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, look, here's the deal guys. What's coming in this country is you guys remember that old rap song nook if you book well wow, nook that is what's going to be the next four years you don't get to talk shit to me ever again if you don't know what you're talking about if you haven't done seven minutes of research on something i'm going to humiliate you because you deserve to be humiliated if you dare touch a microphone and don't know what you're talking about and there is millions of those lefties that are doing that all over social media, all over uh, the schools, all over these uh, the C-SPAN and all these other places. These idiot dude. I wa- I don't know what the damn guy's name is. It was my favorite video for like a year. He's a black dude. I think he's in the Senate or on Congress or something. He's kind of older, skinny, tall, black guy, and he literally asks one of the army specialists that's in front of him. He, they were talking about an island, and he goes. And now, um, quite frankly, we are worried about if the population is too much on one side of the island, will it, uh, you know, is there a threat of capsizing? This dude was talking about an island, an island capsizing because people standing on it. Like, Jordan, I know you might have skipped vocabulary class, but did this dude skip school altogether (laughs) and like not learn about like, Oh, actually islands have a foundation of earth beneath them. Dipshit. Like, (laughs) like bro, like I can't believe this guy's allowed to talk into a microphone. Like his mom should have shown up and slapped it out of his hand and be like, he not ready today for this conversation. Everybody, everybody just go back to home. He ain't going to be talking no more. Like in this dude is still, he still exists today. Like I've seen this guy talking the last week. I just never remember his name. Anyway, I don't know, man. It's it's. I wild. hope that was entertaining to everybody because I'm sitting here thinking about this guy laughing. Let's let's talk about some news updates that are pretty current. I mean, you posted this yesterday. Breaking, um, Oregon will now require proof of vaccination status for anyone that enters a business. I mean, this is this is communism. Like this is how. Well, let me say it like this for all the lefties who already are starting to argue with Jordan because I always have to pre-bottle your dumbasses. So the first thing Jordan just said was, this is like communism. And everybody just goes, no, no, this isn't being mandated by the government. Okay, great. So the United States government has a couple rules in it that make it so that they can't dictate all these things. So what do they do? They whore out to the big corporate companies that are all in network together and all have the same owners at the tippity top. And then they all make these stupid ass rules that everybody has to play along with. It's a network of corporations and companies that cooperate with a globalist agenda that is coming from governments in other countries. So yes, the United States government is not actively oppressing you in this one very particular category, but it is still oppression in a different way. And the oppression is take this shot that isn't even approved. And even if it was, I still wouldn't agree with people having to take it or 
cover your face forever. Yeah. No, literally, you have to cover your face to get into any business if you don't have, if you don't get the shot that for a virus that you have a 99.98% chance of survival. <laughs> and and then 80%, 80% chance you won't even have a symptom. I mean, and, and then, <laughs> like, like and then this week, joke. we saw this week, eight New York Yankees players plus the coach fully vaccinated get coronavirus. They can't play baseball. Bill Mayer, real-time show canceled for the entire week, fully vaccinated back in April gets coronavirus. What the hell is the point? I know, again, people are like, well, the point is so that the symptoms don't kill you. That's what I've heard every single time. The point is that the vaccine allows you um, that, so you're, you know that you're not gonna die. Without the vaccine, you have a 99.98% chance of survival. And today right, without that just- Without it. With, without it, exactly. So like, what are, how much greater can you get in the odds? Right. Like, with- so like if 99.9 wasn't good enough, all you're doing is increasing the chances of the 99.9%. So we're talking about less than a, a one of 1% that you're trying yeah. to. So that's what the COVID does for you. That's what the COVID vaccine does. But notice the vaccine. They don't say that it stops transmission from you or to you either. So they're like, you don't have to do the mask anymore, which the purpose of the mask is to inhibit or to reduce the chances that you spread or um, are given uh, COVID, but they don't say that the vaccine stops that. So it doesn't even make rational sense to it have doesn't. like, of course it doesn't, but this is like level 38 doesn't make rational sense. Like, so, but like you get it. So like, Hey, either get the vaccine which doesn't stop any spread or wear a mask. <laughs> Which Wait a minute. All... If you got the vaccine, shouldn't you still be wearing a mask since it doesn't stop the spread at all? You, you get yeah. it. You get it. And who, I mean, off. and again, the, the, the thing that gets me is that the people that we, that the sheep and everyone are just blindly trusting is the man Fauci that literally said, and we've all heard this. We've all heard the interview on 60 minutes. Mask don't, work and protect protect you from viruses. It just makes people feel safe. It makes you feel good. Um, and then we see the virtue signaling. Yeah. And then his rebuttal and then his rebuttal to himself months later when everybody was like, Hey, we better tell him to wear the mask. Now we're going to have to do something with the vaccine passport or something. And he goes, I was lying because I didn't want all the citizens to take up all the masks that we needed for the, uh, for the health. Is that what he says? Is that what he said? Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, oh, okay. So you were already admitting that you're willing to lie to me if you think it's for the betterment of the country and your subjective estimate, which means what else are you subjectively estimating about and deciding to lie to people about you freaking joker? Are you kidding me? I never heard him say that. I mean, yeah, so it was to, they wanted to preserve him for the for the healthcare worker so we didn't get overwhelmed. And it's well, like Fauci oh, okay. is getting destroyed right now by uh, Rand Paul. Hopefully everybody. Yeah, and and so is Bill Gates, which I don't have any. I don't know anything much about Bill Gates. I remember when the first uh, anti-Bill Gates thing came out, and it was like you can't even protect windows from viruses. How should I trust you with a vaccine? And (laughs) and it and it like okay, that's obviously like a a cheesy. Your grandma passed that around on conservative Facebook, you know, or whatever. But like, it still made me laugh because it's like. It's true. If you buy Windows and don't have Norton antivirus, then you might as well throw your computer directly in the toilet. Yeah. No, I mean, and again, 
we're we're hitting we're hitting on the vaccines a lot right now. But again, the issue here is not whether people want to get it or not. Like where are my frustration, and I'm sure Ross's frustration. But I'll let him speak for himself. Is is where we are being forced it upon. Like if you live in Oregon right now, you cannot be a part of society unless you are forced to get a vaccine. Yeah, you and, are forced to have your bloodstream shifted yes. by a mandated like group of people that, for a virus. that mandate this to you. <laughs> for Wait, a you, virus so I that wanna, is... I want to remove that. I want to remove that. Let's pretend it was a terrible virus. I still would not want you to have to, ma- to, have to submit your livelihood to the powers that be for them to inject things into your blood which can alter who you are as a person. Anybody that wants to disagree with me about that, altering who you are as a person, I'd love to debate you. But it is fact that if you get to control what goes into human beings' bloodstreams, you can control a lot. There's no need for you to worry about that same population wanting guns or wanting to have uh, other liberties, if you get to control whether they can travel, participate in society, whether their kids can be around their friends, whether they can have physical contact with relatives, whether they can grocery shop, whether they can shop for other things, you control everything by the, and, 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 and guess what the payment is? Them showing up to whatever vaccine that you and the powers that be decide that they need this month. And you can decide whenever you want. And even if you're naive enough to believe that the government has your best intentions right now, can you guarantee that they will in 30 years when your kids have to go get this? And if not, what the hell are you supporting this for? Do you hate Trump so bad that you'd be willing to give that same Trump when he comes back into office, if he comes back into office in 2024, complete authority to put shit into your bloodstream and if the answer which should be resounding no if that's the answer then how in the world can you support mandatory vaccines yeah Ooh, I mean, that was a clip right there that was mm. that was that was Let a that marinade on your little soul <laughs> that's i mean again people are blindly trusting the government that they've been protesting and writing about for the last 15 years and then when it comes to medical, it's just like, again, just sheep, like line up and you see people lining up blindly without doing any research. I mean, I just saw an interview. I don't know who did it. It was, um, it just came out yesterday and this reporter was going in Washington, DC in the streets of DC interviewing random people. And there's a guy riding a bicycle and he's wearing a mask and she stops him like, Hey, can I ask you a quick question? You know, are you fully vaccinated? Yes, I've been fully vaccinated for a month. You're riding a bike outside. <laughs> Why are you wearing a mask? Oh, well, um, you know, I just want to make sure, I just want to be triple protected. Like, people are conditioned to the point where, one, okay, you're fully vaccinated. Awesome. Good for you. It's your body, your choice. Sure. But two, you're outside. Three, you're riding a bike, so you're not six feet within anybody. And four, you're still wearing a mask. And bro, every single person in D.C. And this was the thing that was kind of shocking where I'm like, how much of a bubble like is D.C. or is, you know, middle America where it's like it's just literally two different worlds. Because every person she asked, they're all walking outside. They were all wearing masks. They were all fully vaccinated. No common sense, no science. Trust the science. 
trust the science. But yeah, which science? The one from the one the, the science from the former vice president of Pfizer that says that all of this stuff is literally ludic ludicrous. What's his like, name? Do we you trust remember his name? Science? Yeah, it's uh, Mike Yeadon, Yeeson, Yeardon. Look up the interview from the it's vice. It's on my page. I put the, it on there a while ago. The the past. When when was he the vice president of uh I don't know. Hold on, let, me find his, let me find his name. I see. He leaks again. the whole thing. He like goes all in. Um, and we weren't even planning on talking about this. So this is awesome. I think this is how our conversations are going to be on this podcast. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, man, is that like, which version of the science are you going to go with? You're going to go with the last, you know, a hundred years, or are you going to go with the last a year and a half because they're completely different. Completely right. All right. We're coming up on 40 minutes. How long is this supposed to be? Um, we haven't even decided that guys, like we are making this podcast as we go. So <laughs> if you're listening, we're, we are going, um, but yeah, I got y'all, y'all get ready, man. It's about to blow up. Well, and tonight, just for everyone that is listening, if, uh, you probably have seen us on Instagram, if you are listening right now, but if you haven't Monday through Thursday, 9 PM, every single night, I host an Instagram live, uh, with speak truth without fear. Um, and Ross is the co-host on Tuesday and Thursday nights with me as well. So if you want to catch both of us Tuesday and Thursday nights, today, today's Tuesday, to, blah, today is Thursday. So tonight we are having for the first time ever on this show, we are having a little debate night where we're bringing on someone from the a lefty, <laughs> the dark side. And, um, we can't wait. I did, I did one on my, uh, on my TikTok and uh, my Instagram called left meets right probably like a month ago if you guys want to go check it out where i did one where me and this guy were going back and forth for a little while it was respectable or whatever and uh and tonight i plan on being respectable too the guy's name was michael yeadon by the way uh for earlier the pfizer thing michael yeadon but so anyway uh and i think here's the deal guys it's not difficult to remain civil it's not but listen if the enemy to freedom is communism and socialism. And the enemy to most people in the in the history of the world has been governments ruling from those totalitarian positions, right? Like we all agree that that's one of the most deadly force in, forces in history. That is a pretty big one. So the tentacles that come out around the United States of America, we know what the tentacles lead back to. And so I'm vicious in my assault at this point against really bad ideology. And it's not because I'm offended at the person. It's because I know the tentacles are connected to a damn octopus who wants to enwrap everything. So, so we're seeing these basically the symptoms or the, or the fruits of the tentacles of communism and socialism and submitting to a government in a way that's unhealthy for individual freedom and I'm noticing it everywhere. And so now I'm shouting at the octopus that you can't see. And it might seem like it's extremism and radicalism, but not when you learn something for seven minutes and then you go, oh, yeah, I guess if you did mandate vaccines, that would give like unilateral authority. And everybody's like, they've already mandated vaccines in the United States. I don't give a shit. That doesn't mean it's justified. Just because something's been done here before in the past doesn't mean it should be done again. And certainly with the same group of people that gave entire populations syphilis just to see how syphilis worked for fun. I'm not going to trust those guys to be injecting stuff into my children. Right. So I love what you're talking about ideology. And I think we'll, after this, we'll wrap this thing up. 
There's a book called Love Letter to America. It's like 80 pages. I've been talking about this on my Instagram lives for the last couple of days, and this book is incredible. For those that are watching, if you're as well, we are we have we are recording this on video. So if you go to the Speak Truth Without Fear YouTube, we are recording this on video, so you'll be able to see what I'm holding up in the camera right now. Love Letter to America, and it's written by an ex KGB um, who served under the Soviet Union. What's and, his name? Uh, his name is Tomas Schumann. And what he talks about in this book is how what he calls the way that you destroy a nation without having to use any military force. And this is how everyone, every communist leader in the past used this tactic, and it's called ideological subversion. And reading from back from Sun Tzu, who was a Chinese philosopher who was a big uh, pusher of... Um, he wrote The Art of War, right? Yes, all, war, all warfare is based primarily on deception of an enemy. Fighting on a battlefield is the most primitive make a way of making war. There is no art higher than to destroy your enemy without a fight by subverting any, anything of value in the enemy's country. Um, and so basically what he goes into is here are the tactics of this ideological subversion. Back that they used back in 1984. Corrupt the young, get them interested in sex, take, them, take away their religion, make them superficial and enfeebled. Number two, divide the people into hostile groups by constantly harping on controversial issues of no importance. This book was written in 1984. This is like America today. Number three, destroy the people's faith in their national leaders by holding the latter up for contempt, ridicule, and disgrace. And he goes on, I mean, he goes, he goes on and on. Cause, um, another one, by uh, number five, uh, four, always preach democracy but seize power as fast and as ruthlessly as possible. Another one he talks about is welfare and how give money to the poor to make them feel like you're on their side. And then he, talk, and he goes into equality and how the entire thing is a scam and it's a complete power grab to manipulate through ideological subversion. So this, good. this is how communist, communism feels good to the people this is this and he literally breaks this down in an 80 page book if you love letter to america this book, to that book this book was written in 1984 you read this book and you literally feel like this book was written three months ago because what is in and the book is to america and he says listen and he, he also goes and i'm not going to spoil the book he said what was the third one you said he destroyed like national leaders, like you kind of like destroy shame pe- them. Destroy people's faith in their national leaders by holding the latter up for contempt, contempt, ridicule, and disgrace. Okay, if you guys want a great example of that, remember when Trump was giving a speech at Mount Rushmore, and CNN and all of these media outlets who previously celebrated Mount Rushmore speeches with Obama and all them, Bernie, all these people did that. They called it a celebration. Oh, this was on July 4th, everybody. Yeah. A, A celebration of white supremacy. That's what they called it. And they said that Trump is going to speak on the, on the celebration of white supremacy that was wrestled away from natives guys. Do you know whose faces are on Mount Rushmore? The most respectable men in the in in America's history that helped form this country, and they shit all over it. Exactly. Go ahead, Jordan. And and the the last thing that he says, which and I actually read this this morning, 
He said, all you have to do, all you must do is screw up the status quo of a free, all that you have to do to screw up the status quo of a free nation is to borrow one false idea from the ideology of communism or totalitarian government. And this is the, the myth and lie of equality that, that people are born equal, therefore they must be equal. And listen to this. This is the last thing I'm going to read, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. He goes, The beauty of the best, most successful political and economic system created by the forefathers of America, the beauty about America is that it has nothing to do with legislated or enforced equality. The American Republic is based on the principle of equal opportunities for unequal and very much different and diverse individuals to develop their abilities and to co coexist mutually beneficial in a co uh, cooperation. That is like, and again, it's it's so true that the thing that I mean, the thing that scares me the most is that he wrote, he wrote he wrote this book in 1984, and he, this was a this book was a warning to America, what 30, 40, 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago, and he talks about how there's four stages of this entire process of everything he talks about and the tactics, and at that time, 40 years ago, we we were in uh, number three of four. So I guarantee you by, we're probably through, I haven't read the rest of this. I'm really excited. But again, I want to put a plug. You want to know what's going on in America right now? Read this book from 1984, Love Letter to America by Tomas Schumann. It's incredible. You can get it on Amazon. Um, and I think maybe we, <clears throat> Jordan, maybe we should, a lot of times we are in situations where we're being reactive to what the news cycle is this week or whatever, this day, whatever. And so we're playing this game where we're just combating these stupid ideas all the so time true. that they keep pushing. And we might need to just start going to the root and being like, this is them trying to say that you should have equality. We don't think you should have equality. And then just starting our conversations there. Nope. Sorry. If your parents made shitty decisions, you don't get the same benefits as the kids whose parents made bad or made good decisions. That's called parental privilege, and it's the number one indicator of familial wealth in the United States, by the way. If your parents graduated high school, got a job, and got married before they had you, you have a significant chance of moving out of whatever class that you're in into the next class. It's called income mobility. And so that's the, those are the three things. So anyway, we well, want equality of opportunity, we not equality even, of outcome. Exactly. And it really just comes down to differences of ideology. And that's what this is. And again, yeah, but the problem is, is that none of them realize that they even have an ideology. Yes. They are just like, this is, this seems unfair. And so unfortunately, because Americans are generally good natured, or at least were, that seems like a noble goal to create fairness. And so they're really baiting all the do-gooders with this you know, and it sucks because it's watching it's watching people's good naturedness get used against them in the long run. Yeah, and I have a, and I have a very very close person to me that has completely went all in on it on the complete ide it fell for the complete ideological subversion, and it's like again I don't blame the person I blame the that, like this is the root what he talks about in this book is the root and so people have fallen for this and so again i think it's e very easy for conservatives and, and even i would say i'm not even conservatives just freedom thinkers people that are they think critically they do their research before they believe something it's very easy for us to be like you dumbass you're stupid da 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 but really right. like you have to get to the root and understand that guys 
we ha- we're fighting we have- the octopus, not yes. the tentacles. Correct. And that's why we're so animated is because we see the octopus. Yes. We're not geniuses, guys. No. Me and Jordan don't think we're smarter than everybody. We just happen to learn like three things that make you go, oh, <laughs> the sun doesn't live in the window. I'm a fish in a go- and I'm in a fish bowl, and I thought the sun lived in the window this whole time because my perspective is so limited. And then now yes. somebody pulled my fish ass out of the bowl and was like, "Nah, dog, that's right. a whole nother star." Yep. And it's like, oh, so they're trying to ruin the whole country because it's the only thing stopping these 14 other countries from totally turning in tyrannical assholes and doing whatever they want. Yep, 100. So. Well, until next week, um, for, ev- for everyone that's listening, again. Yeah, welcome to our new podcast. We'll have you on here, ladies and gentlemen, at the drop of a hat. If you're looking for logos, banners, pens, pencils, cups, mugs, <laughs> head on over to Rasta Boss. I'm just kidding. Oh my I don't even gosh. have a site yet, but I will have one soon. I just what set up the donation box, donor box thing, so that people can go start funding this total movement because we need all hands on deck, dude. We do. We what? need all hands on deck. I can't even do my other job anymore mentally, yeah. knowing what's going on right now. We got to yeah. fight now. It's now or never. And I don't mean that about violence, YouTube. For, so course. don't take this down because of that. I know. So, yeah, www.speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Put in your email. We'll send you our new three um, three steps to learn how to practically pressure your government, local government officials. It's an awesome document, a great resource. We send it to you for free. We also send you a couple videos for some content for you to learn. And then um, as well, we also have a support page that you can uh, support because me and we do this. We have been doing this for over three months now. We've been doing this for free. All the content. We've never asked for a dollar. We just got the website as well up for how many hours of work do you think? How many hours a week do you think you work on stuff for the country right now? 60. I would say I'm I would say that all all my content, everything, which it's mostly about, you know, the country, I would say probably 60 to 80 for sure. I mean, I've never worked this hard in my life, but guys, it's in our blood. Me and Jordan don't even feel like it's work. It's necessary, dude. So support our asses and help us. Yes. 100%. (laughs) So yeah. And then again, if you're, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this right now, if you go to our Instagram, uh, speak truth without fear, you're going to see. Um, by this time, you're going to see la- by this time, it's going to be last night's episode, which is the debate night. Me and Ross are going to be on there. Uh, we're bringing on Keith and also Kongman, which is a great friend of mine. And we are going to be discussing some of these topics that we're talking about right now. If you want to hear it in a debate style, go and check out the Speak Truth off your Instagram. Ross, next week, we'll be back Thursday. Yep. We're, we're doing it again. So uh, definitely uh, check out our YouTube account if you want to watch the video of this. YouTube, we'll be on Facebook, we're on Twitter, Speak Truth, uh, WF, we're all in it all. And remember, guys, go out there and speak Speak truth truth without without fear. fear.